0: We've all been there, laying in bed at night, tossing and turning, obsessing about work, about that stupid thing you said to a friend, about all the things you haven't accomplished yet. There's a pressure building up inside and you know you ain't going back to sleep now. So you pick up your phone and you start scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And then you see it, a repost of a short video The person behind the camera is talking about how to stop overthinking in five minutes or less.
1: And then all of a sudden, here's this material that sort of speaks to you and speaks to how you're feeling.
0: That's Katie Waite, a journalist at Vice. One of the things she writes about is mental well-being. And she's been looking into this online trend.
1: Mostly, you know, giving, giving people something to relate to, giving people something that makes them feel like they're not you know, a freak for feeling the way they feel or dealing with the issues they deal with.
0: So you find the original post and you see that it's an entire account dedicated to wellness. Now you're invested. And pretty soon, with some more scrolling, you realize that this is a huge community. There are thousands and thousands of influencers sharing mental health advice on social media. Here are five signs you may have ADHD.
2: Here's the number one thing that stopped my panic attacks.
1: Five things you don't realize you're doing because of your high-functioning anxiety.
2: Here are six things
0: that narcissists say.
2: Here are two OCD compulsions that you might not realize that you're doing because they're super sneaky.
0: Welcome to the world of InstaTherapy, a corner of social media where influencers offer their followers tips and insight into mental health.
1: InstaTherapy can help people feel less alone, feel less like, they're the only ones having these thoughts or falling into these patterns or
0: dealing with these issues. You've seen them. The influencer is usually attractive, well-spoken, and easy to understand. It's all about trying to take complex mental health information and make it more digestible. You know, something like, five signs you have OCD. Or three easy steps to get rid of social anxiety. Some of these Insta therapists have a huge following. And it's really taken off since COVID-19 first hit.
1: Our social lives moved dominantly onto the Internet. And so if you're, you know, spending all your time on social media already and thinking and feeling like, oh, my mental health is bad. Oh, I need help.
0: And then you find these influencers with all their words of wisdom and thousands of comments from people with similar problems. Well it kind of feels like you found a support group. And it's right at your fingertips.
1: We've had really challenging years uh, with the pandemic and with just, like, the broad (laughs) state of the world. Like, I don't think there's a shortage of people who want therapy.
0: And that short video that you first watched is a gateway. Because if you want more than that, all you need to do is sign up to an exclusive subscription service.
1: So I've seen, you know, people advertising membership in like a private Facebook group, you know, the, the promise of community, um, you know, various booklets for your various issues.
0: The only problem? Well, a lot of these quote unquote therapists aren't actually trained or licensed mental health professionals. And while they may be here to help others, they're also running a business, a business that's completely unregulated
1: people are looking for you know really anything at this uh you know at this time in particular i think people are really vulnerable to you know bad actors in the insta therapy space and i think that's really sad
0: i'm alzo Slade, and this is cheap the podcast where we ask is it ever okay to break the rules this week the rise of insta therapy a space where anyone can be an expert The wellness industry is massive, like, worth over a trillion dollars massive. It's a place for people to find products and information on all aspects of health. And that goes for both physical and mental. So it was no surprise that social media is filled with mental health experts. Or, as you now know them, insta-therapists.
1: The language tends to be pretty generic. And in some ways, you know, that's a good thing because... It makes it you know, accessible to as many people as possible.
0: With Insta-therapy, you don't have to call anyone to set up an appointment. You don't have to talk things through one-on-one with a stranger. Instead, all you need is a smartphone. And then you can pick and choose what content feels most relatable. And there are some common themes.
1: A lot of stuff about like, feeling safe, feeling like in your body, feeling your feelings whether that's stuff about attachment styles, you know, reparenting, toxic family, uh, things that almost anyone could fit themselves into a box of.
0: This trend seems to be offering something new, especially when traditional forms of therapy can feel alienating. It's not easy to find a good therapist who feels like the right fit, especially if you've got other things to think about, like, will this person feel comfortable talking about race? Have they ever worked with a client who's disabled? And often, can I afford it?
1: It takes a lot of work to sort of get it right, whether that's like figuring out what medication is like right for you, what kind of therapy is right for you, what, you know, specific combination of all of the above, forming a relationship with your therapist, that's either you know, a financial strain, but it also takes a lot of time. And uh, it does not take a lot of time to go on Instagram and scroll.
0: The truth is, for most folks, it's not easy to get access to one-on-one mental health support. In the U.S., the cost of therapy can be expensive. In the U.K., the National Health Service covers free counseling services, but some people are waiting more than six months just to get a referral.
1: You don't have to go through the traditional hoops and you don't have to deal with, you know, looping in your insurance, whether you're only accessing sort of their free resources, the content that they're putting out on Reels or on TikTok or on Instagram, or whether you go to that next level and start paying them for the material that they're putting out, paying for their Patreon.
0: I mean, let's be honest. We all spend more and more time on our phones. You probably hardly ever put it down. So. It makes sense that having information like this woven into your daily habits might be beneficial.
1: If someone does have experience with talk therapy or some other kind of, you know, mental health treatment, it can be good to see those concepts reinforced on social media or see another therapist's interpretation of stuff that you've worked on yourself. I can, you know, see the use case for that.
0: But that's not the case for everyone who's getting hooked in. And it can be hard to know exactly who it is that you're getting advice from.
1: They're not actually, you know, an official mental health practitioner, someone who is, like, licensed, someone who went to school and got a degree. And I also think just because someone is good at making things that go viral online doesn't mean they know medicine. Doesn't mean they're, like, medically sound and making good recommendations that will help people in general or like any given individual.
0: When Katie looked more into this, she found some Insta-therapists were giving advice that can be pretty questionable.
1: I would say that Insta-therapy becomes dangerous when sort of more fringe beliefs start to get the veneer of authority because of the way someone is representing themselves online. So I've seen You know Instagram therapists talking about oh like medication is never the way to go or I feel like another big thing for online mental health content is like for the smallest infraction cutting people out of your life and this uh framework of you know other people are toxic if people are doing things that make you feel bad it's because they're toxic and the right thing to do is get rid of negativity stuff like that and I think, you know, it's sort of scary to see.
0: So Therapy isn't just opening a door to general mental health advice. Sometimes these influencers are telling their followers specifically what to do. And nobody can really stop them. For many followers, InstaTherapy becomes their first go-to for mental health support.
1: Just when it becomes a substitute for healthcare, that's when it's a problem.
0: Now, don't get me wrong. Social media is great for spreading awareness on all kinds of things. And when it comes to mental health, for some people, it's a safe space.
3: We still see a lot of stigma and misinformation with regard to mental health. So seeing it on social media can help start that conversation.
0: That's Dr. Jessica Rabin, a clinical and licensed psychologist from South Carolina. She specializes in depression, anxiety and eating disorders.
3: I think in many ways it has helped people have more access to mental health information. Um, I say mental health information because obviously social media is not therapy.
0: Two years ago, Jessica thought, this is something I could be a part of. She started to get to know other trained professionals through social media and built her own community.
3: Now I have a bunch of colleagues that I can reach out to if when I'm doing my clinical practice in the hospital, I have a question or concern or need to consult. I've also, because of social media, started two different podcasts, and that would have never happened.
0: Jessica started making her own social media content, too, about how she became a psychologist and advice on how to start a career in therapy. She also makes videos about where to find help if someone is having a mental health crisis.
3: Many of my posts, especially video posts where I'm talking about a topic, I will start by saying I'm a licensed psychologist, just so that people who come across my videos or content know that I do have the training and background in what I'm about to talk about.
0: But the more Jessica got into the insta-therapy community... The more accounts she found from people who didn't seem to have any qualifications at all.
3: I actually saw the other day, blatant misinformation that goes against training and knowledge. So the post came from a very popular account on TikTok. This account has over 1 million followers. And this individual said, Quote, if you haven't been able to lose weight for a long time, it's due to stored trauma that is stuck in your body.
0: Stored trauma stuck in your body. Well, Jessica found this kind of advice immediately alarming.
3: We do know that trauma is stored in the body and we know that trauma can cause weight gain due to a variety of factors such as chronic stress, higher cortisol levels, sleep patterns, eating patterns and movement changes. However, claiming that an inability to lose weight is only due to trauma is inaccurate. It also assumes that everyone who desires to lose weight but is having difficulty has some type of unresolved trauma.
0: Jessica says you simply can't know that's true.
3: Weight loss and weight gain are complex and can't be boiled down to a singular factor.
0: When Jessica kept scrolling, she couldn't find much information about this person.
3: And this individual is a coach, no background in mental health training.
0: And then Jessica saw another account. This time, the person was making videos about psychiatric hospitals.
3: He provides a lot of not only mental health information, but medical information.
0: This Insta-therapist dresses the part for his videos.
3: He's always in scrubs when he makes videos, even though he has no background in training.
0: So imagine going to the store, buying some scrubs and those ugly orthopedic shoes that nurses and doctors wear, and suddenly you can give medical advice.
3: The way the information was presented was basically like you'll be stripped down. Somebody's going to watch you pee. You're not going to be allowed out of your room and basically framed it as you are going to be held hostage, which personally as a psychologist, somebody that currently works in a hospital and somebody who has a history of working in um, mental health facilities, that type of information not only is inaccurate and fear-mongering, it can cause a lot of damage and harm to individuals that maybe were considering reaching out to a crisis line or going to the ED for a mental health evaluation and now they're scared and they're not going to reach out because of this post of somebody who presents himself as an expert, dresses the part in his videos and doesn't have any training in medicine nor mental health, yet has built a platform off of content on both.
0: So Jessica looked through the comments and found that she wasn't the only person who took issue with the post.
3: The comments on the post were from professionals saying this is inaccurate and what you are presenting is inhumane.
0: As Jessica got deeper and deeper into the world of insta therapy, she realized that some of these people, who have no mental health training whatsoever, are offering paid services. Now she was really concerned,
3: since these individuals often. Build their coaching services on their own personal experience. Yes, they have knowledge, but it's solely based on what has worked for them. And what has worked for them may not work for other people.
0: So imagine paying all this money going through one of these paid programs, but then the expert advice doesn't help or even makes you feel worse.
3: If somebody goes through a program to heal their anxiety and skills and tips and tricks that the individual offers do not work for them, they are going to internalize that and say, well, something must be wrong with me because I just made this investment. All these people are saying, oh, this person is great. They helped me heal my anxiety. And here I am feeling worse.
0: And these courses, well, they ain't always cheap like you might think.
3: You know, I've seen courses cost as a little as 20 to $40. I've seen courses cost hundreds of dollars. I've seen one-on-one coaching cost thousands of dollars.
0: And again, it comes down to the fact that none of this stuff is regulated.
3: Personally, my biggest concern with money with regard to unlicensed professionals is since they don't have to adhere to an ethics board, they can charge whatever they want for their services.
0: Jessica trained for 10 years to become a licensed psychologist. But on social media, insta-therapists can be making the same or more money than her without any qualifications. A
3: licensed therapist may charge, say, $150 for an hour therapy session, but a unlicensed coach, trauma coach, anxiety coach, could charge $700 for one hour of coaching so the amount of money they make can be unlimited.
0: And let me tell you, this stuff can be a real minefield. There are people who have found therapy to be a lifesaver, and there are clearly some benefits. But what can happen when social media users are turning to therapy instead of traditional medical health care? We'll get to that after the break.
2: Have you ever
3: felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that
0: Annie Barsh has been a licensed family therapist for 20 years. She specializes in trauma and mood disorders. A lot of her time is spent working with teenagers.
2: What I find to be interesting, I see this with middle schoolers and high schoolers in particular, and it seems to be that they really come into my office and will be self-diagnosing.
0: Recently, Annie started working with a new patient. And the young woman walked into their first appointment visibly distressed.
2: I had a 13-year-old girl come in and say, you know, sometimes I'm hearing voices.
0: Hearing voices isn't necessarily alarming to a trained therapist. Annie leaned forward and started asking questions.
2: So are these voices inside your head or outside of your head? Is that voice your voice or a different voice? And what are the things they're saying? And if they'll describe to me, you know, I I mess up and I'm like, you know, I hear, oh, you're so stupid or you're such an idiot or you look terrible in that outfit. That's really self-talk. That's not an auditory hallucination.
0: I mean, I do that. Self-talk is pretty normal. It's the way that you talk to yourself, your inner voice. But before making an appointment with Annie, this 13-year-old had been following a lot of insta-therapists for mental health information. She saw a video about what hearing voices could mean, and she got worried.
2: Auditory hallucinations are quite different than an internal self-talk, but a teenager might not have kind of the vocabulary or the awareness that self-talk is a thing.
0: This is where Annie's training and background comes to the forefront.
2: I think the challenge is people's life experiences are absolutely valid. However, there's language and the diagnostic statistical manual that therapists use to diagnose, and that in combination with the ICD-10, which is really a global international diagnosing tool.
0: Annie thinks it's important that she has a one-on-one relationship with clients. She wants to help them figure out their own individual mental health struggles. But some of the people she sees They've already found advice elsewhere.
2: I can think of one client in particular who was really pushing DID, Disassociative Identity Disorder.
0: Annie asked more questions. But again, things didn't really add up.
2: And a lot of things they were saying actually went against that.
0: But the client decided they didn't want to see Annie anymore.
2: They ended up quitting. Um, and actually, I know they did uh, go to an online InstaTherapy therapy.
0: Pretty soon, Annie started to see a pattern.
2: Pathologizing things that are just characteristic traits that individuals have, and it's not all pathological. So when someone walks in and in that first one or two sessions starts off with, I have A, B, C, D symptom, which means I have X disorder. That's my first red flag to like, well, where did you hear this? Where did you get this vocabulary? What's your understanding of this?
0: It seems like the information is often coming from the same place, Insta-therapy.
2: Similar to how people get on WebMD and they're like, oh, I'm coughing and and sneezing, and so I have XYZ diagnosis, there are times when I feel like someone is coming in and pushing a diagnosis. So I have individuals coming in and saying, I saw this thing on TikTok, or yes, when I ask, it'll be like, oh, I saw it on TikTok.
0: Knowing how much time teens spend on social media, Annie isn't surprised by what she's seen. But she is concerned about how quickly things can escalate.
2: You know, I'll see people on social media, particularly TikTok, where they'll say, OK, if you have symptom A, B, C, D, you have OCD.
0: OCD or obsessive compulsive disorder is not just about liking your clothes folded in a certain way.
2: If you are neat and organized and Even have systems and routines, but it's not impacting your life in a negative way where you can't function, you really don't have a clinical diagnosis.
0: What's key here is that these insta therapists, they're not always looking at what qualifies for a clinical diagnosis.
2: It really has to be impeding on your life functioning for six months or more most of the time, and it has to be intrusive in someone's life.
0: And social media videos are often a one way conversation, so it seems impossible to be making those kind of broad assessments.
2: As someone is telling their story, there are ways in which people can relate to it, but it doesn't always correlate that, therefore, you have a diagnosis. And so I think that's where we get into trouble.
0: So when you're scrolling online and you see one of these folks waxing poetic about mental health, what should you do? That's after the break.
3: I started social media to promote and spread correct information about mental health content.
0: That's Dr. Jessica Rabin again. In the last year, she's seen more and more inaccurate mental health advice on her feed.
3: Generally, when I have seen the same person repeat misinformation over and over and over and over again, that has definitely been a time that I'm like, nope, I need to message them directly.
0: Jessica decided she'd start by targeting insta-therapists who did the thing that she found really harmful, making unmitigated claims.
3: Absolutist language is one thing that really, really gets me. So if I see an account that is saying, like, use these three steps to cure your anxiety, cure is a very strong word, or... X supplement is scientifically proven to help reduce anxiety.
0: So first, Jessica does her research on the influencer.
3: I am big on going to their profile, especially if they have, you know, links to websites and things like that, and doing a deep dive to see, hey, am I missing something? Are they actually knowledgeable or licensed in this area? And it's just not presented on their social media
0: platform. But if she doesn't find anything, well, Jessica slides into their DMs.
3: I usually do a direct message first, and an example may be, you know, hey, I see you post a lot about anxiety and trauma healing. I came across this post, and based on my training and background, the information you presented is inaccurate, and this is the information That I learned, can I ask what your background or credentials are in this area?
0: So basically, Jessica is sliding into DMs, chin checking these influencers to make sure that they're legit. And sometimes she'll find someone who's willing to speak to her.
3: I can think of one conversation I had with an individual that claimed to be a psychologist. I was not. I could not find any information. And this was somebody I had actually liked their content, followed until things weren't adding up.
0: Sometimes these conversations can lead to some real change.
3: And we actually had a very good conversation about this individual did have an advanced degree. It was not in psychology. Um, It was in spiritual counseling, which is very different, Um, did not hold a license because spiritual counseling is not a licensed field. And the individual actually ended up changing their information on their social media profiles and submitting an apology to me and some other mental health professionals for misrepresenting their credentials.
0: But as you can imagine, if you're one of these insta-therapists making money with no credentials, and a real therapist is checking you, you're not going to want to hear anything she has to say.
3: Usually it's they don't respond, but I've had people block me before. I think that's another common response or get very defensive. Like you don't know what you're talking about. I'm helping so many people turn it around on me and say, well, I'm going to contact your licensing board because you're harassing me, nobody has ever actually done that. Um, People threaten that, it's been threatened to me a couple of times actually.
0: So you might be thinking, how do these insta-therapists get away with it? Well, it's complicated.
3: In the United States, psychologist is a protected title and you also have to hold an active license to call yourself a psychologist. So you can have a doctorate in psychology, but if you don't hold an active license, you can't call yourself a psychologist.
0: But therapists and counselors are different.
3: The job title of therapist is not protected by law, federally.
0: A protected term means someone would need certain minimum requirements to use it.
3: And similarly, there's no legal protection for the term counselor. So individuals in the United States could really say they're practicing counseling without a license or without training.
0: And having a license is what creates accountability.
3: Really the key word is licensed. So a licensed clinical social worker, a licensed professional counselor, licensed marriage and family therapist, licensed psychologist, because the license tells individuals that you have done all the education, training and clinical hours to meet the minimum requirements to practice therapy in your field.
0: And the more vague the title, the less credibility it really has
3: coaching, life coaching, or any other type of coaching is not a regulated field in the United States. There are certificates that somebody can get in life coaching, but anyone can really call themselves a coach. Um, So I've seen anxiety coach, trauma coach, or expert, like I'm an anxiety expert, but what they have to offer, what their background and training is, if they have any background or training, and what their knowledge is can vastly vary because there's no standards.
0: Are y'all hearing this? It's clear that the world of insta-therapy is not an easy thing to navigate.
3: Most, if not all, of the licensed professionals on social media that I know will list their credentials on their platform. So although a license does not necessarily mean that they are spreading correct information, they are held to a higher standard than non-licensed professionals who have no training. They have to report to a licensing board and you know that they do have the knowledge and background in the mental health field. I would also say if something feels off about the information that you're consuming, Go with that gut feeling and question it. Ask for sources, critique the post, or just scroll past and unfollow because you don't have to consume all the information that's out there.
0: You know, the world can be a difficult place to navigate. A lot of us have stress and anxiety when it comes to work, relationships, parenting. I mean, just life in general. So it's only natural that we look to find something or someone to help us deal with it. Traditional mental health care can be hard to get right. And if insta-therapy is doing something to fill that void, who are we to judge? But at the same time, if you go to a licensed therapist, part of what you're paying for is accountability. Like Jessica said, having a license doesn't automatically make someone foolproof but it does mean they've done the training that qualifies them to diagnose and treat their clients. On the other hand, some of these Insta therapists, they figured out a way to maximize the algorithms and get millions of followers. Confusing that with knowledge and experience can lead people to pay them as if they're qualified professionals. We've all seen the accounts where people string together a series of quotes from famous philosophers and pass it off as their own work. I mean, personally, I think that's a bit corny. But the real problem comes when these influencers start giving general medical advice to people they've never met. And falling for these traps can do harm to someone who's already in a vulnerable position. Unfortunately, the responsibility is really on all of us as individuals. It means maybe doing your research on someone first before signing up to anything. Or taking things with a grain of salt. Like, yeah, this post about how to overcome depression, it might be interesting, but if the advice that's being handed out doesn't work for me, that doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. Ultimately, mental health is a very personal and individualized thing. You got to find what works for you as long as it's safe. Hey folks thanks for listening just a reminder to follow cheat wherever you get it and please do leave a rating and a review if you like what we're doing it helps other people discover the show and of course we want more listeners also if you want to listen to the show without the ads you can subscribe to cheat plus it's like cheap but better it's just 2.99 a month or if you're in the uk two pounds 49 and you get all of this without having to listen to those annoying commercials Just go to Apple Podcasts and hit subscribe instead of follow. You can try it for free now. Next time on Cheat.
2: They are not small mom and pop like entrepreneurs who have started their own little trading business. These are sophisticated, multi-level criminal organizations that have control of everything from the very bottom paying people to poach or collect the scales, all the way up to the top, bribing government officials to get export permits and smuggling 10 tons of pangolin scales out of a port.
0: Cheat is presented by me, Alzo Slade. This episode was produced by Olivia Cope. The executive producers are Lizzie Jacobs and Tom Koenig. The series editor is Megan Dietrich. The original idea for the show was developed by Tom Fuller. Mixing and scoring by Martin Peralta at Output Media. Special thanks to the Sony legal team. Our production coordinators are Jennifer Mystery and Iker Egbatola.